Hi, you guys. It's Betsy Beers again. Um, I'm the executive producer of the television show Scandal, and this is Scandal Revealed, the official ABC Scandal television programming podcast. And thank you very much for coming back and listening again to my aimless rambling, which is not as entertaining as sometimes I wish it was. But that's why I have two great guests with me today who will actually hopefully take over most of the talking so that I don't blather incessantly for the next six months. First of all, we have the spectacular and spicy Josh Molina. Cue applause. Yay, Josh Molina. Cue tepid applause. As you guys all know, he plays You Love Him, You Can't Live Without Him, David Rosen. And he lost another case in episode 304, and we're going to talk a little more about that. I notched another L. And we also have the director of the episode, who also, by the way, is our multi-talented DP, which means, strangely, this is somebody who actually does know how to do two things at once and do them incredibly well, Oliver Bokelberg. And Thank you very much for coming and joining us for this. Cue enthusiastic Yay. applause. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. somebody who actually Thank knows you. what they're doing exactly. and has more than one skill set, actual which is talent. actually really, really rare. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, Oliver, this is your first hideous trip down podcast lane. Yes, thank you. <laughs> which um, I know you'll find incredibly exciting. And Oliver has been with us since the pilot. He was the director of photography on the pilot, and he helped with our pilot director, Paul McGuigan, develop the visual style, which you guys all are very aware of, and the pace and all that other kind of stuff. And we'll talk a little bit about that, too. But we're here primarily today to talk about episode 304, which is so aptly titled, Say Hello to My Little Friend, Mm -hmm. which you, of course, helmed. And what was the most difficult thing about directing this episode for you? Uh, I don't think it's anything in particular stands out as being difficult. It's, uh, It's a lot about relationships for me, this episode, everybody's relationship. Technically, the biggest hurdle was that we had to shoot a scene in uh, Arlington Cemetery and we weren't allowed to go there. So we shot it here on a big golf course and brought about 200 fake tombstones in. So that Which I thought was actually really impressive because we all saw the fake Arlington Cemetery before and after. And it's kind of amazing because it's, it's, it's a little barren. Yeah. <laughs> initially, and then these fake tombstones showed up and the extras, and you really felt it was very Arlingtonian. Except yeah. that occasionally you can see a stick with a little flag on it. <laughs> good point. Golf course joke. Golf Sorry. course joke. This Carry good. on, please. Sorry. There was a strange golf ball that flew into yes. a couple of shots. They don't yell four they as yell frequently four. at Arlington. Except they don't? <laughs> I don't think. There's not a guy who looks like Elmer Fudd in a golf course. I like once got in trouble around. on a Washington, D.C. fifth grade trip that I was chaperoning from my daughter's school uh, for sitting. They don't like you to sit at Arlington. We had walked a lot. Are you, you're this allowed is to, slightly off topic, I grant you. But you're allowed to lie down, clearly, because it's yes. Arlington. Yes, yes, exactly. If you're dead, that's okay. <laughs> they don't want the living to uh, relax. Thank you. I'll be here yeah. all week. Enjoy yeah. your steaks. Yeah. yeah. They made us stand up. What's great about shooting the show in Los Angeles is that because we actually don't ever go to Washington except to, to shoot the establishing shots and to get some sort of basic stuff, which you guys did. You took a trip this summer, right? Yeah, we took about three days out in Washington, um, just shooting some street footage and seeing generally how, how happy people were to have us around out there. See, so. which is kind of kind of exciting. That's why I wish we would go. It's a shame that computer graphics are so good because I wish we could take a little field trip and pretend we're the Beatles. And I know, see. Walk down the street in D.C. Just, and have just people. Just walk around. I got to say, we went to the, when we went to the Washington's Correspondence Dinner, it was kind of fun to watch like all these people who couldn't believe that there are so many shows about Washington. I mean, a city who's so incredibly self-obsessed now has like three shows on the air. 
in different ways about how self-obsessed Washington is. And they were so <laughs> self-congratulatory and happy about it. We were super psyched. Yeah, in our hotel, you could book a scandal package, the scandal weekend. Are you kidding? Red <laughs> wine and popcorn. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Oh my God, that's fantastic. See, <laughs> that's great. That is hilarious. You're right, it has taken away that amazing ability to walk around and be adored, but we are, on the flip side, giving a lot of guys who do incredibly great visual effects work. That's yes. true. What were your favorite scenes to shoot? Was there anything that stood out for you as your favorite moment in the episode? Bear in mind, I'm sitting right here. Well, obviously everything with Josh. We should start with the first scene with Josh. There of you course, go. I think you know, let's talk about the scenes with Josh. I think Oliver directed last season, and I was not in that episode. So we had to take a what little special attention. What was the name of that episode? Happy birthday, Happy Mr. Birthday, President. Mr. President. Yeah. Often, I think fandom will agree. People listing the best episodes ever, they tend to be the ones that I was not in. Happy birthday, Mr. President is always up there, 7.52. You know that we plan it that way, right? I, mean, I, it's, I don't know if you plan it that way or it's, it's as a result like of my absence. Exactly. The whole it's thing is elevated. But anyway, I missed my chance to work what with Oliver What was it like working year. with Oliver as a director on this episode? It was fantastic, actually. Was it? I, felt, uh, I felt left out last season um, when Oliver directed and I wasn't in it. I was very disappointed, both because I didn't get paid and also <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to work with Oliver, whom I admire and who's a friend of mine and is cool. I uh, wanted to see him uh, with this new hat. Wait, this and is really interesting. So they pay you to do this job? They, well, when get, I appear, you, yes, when they you do. Appear, they actually yes. pay you money. Yes, I know. See, now, Based I on thought, my performance, it would be hard to divine that. But yes, well, that's, I actually do this for a uh, living. That's incredibly good to know. If you can call it a living. That's, okay. <laughs> that's incredibly good to yes. know. Okay, so rest assured, for everybody who's listening, apparently we all get paid, which is, which is a good thing. That's right. Well, we miss you when you're not in the episodes. I don't believe that, or you could write me in. But <laughs> on, back to the question. <laughs> Working for Oliver... Uh, I was, I wouldn't say surprised, but it was interesting. I knew he would be good technically. He's the DP who, as you said, helped create the entire look of the show. But uh, acting-wise, an actor's director, he was all over it. Just everything very well thought out, very good communication with the actors. Because from an actor's point of view, that's really what you're looking for, somebody that gives good notes, somebody that who's, is collaborative, who shows up you know, prepared, but also willing to hear what it is uh, that you think about the scene. And Oliver was, was great at all of those things. I mean, technically, you just sort of assume that directors are all going to be good at what they do. And I knew he'd have a great visual style. But the uh, nice thing was to discover that he's, he's great with actors. See, that's, that's, that's cool. Th yeah, thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's strangely not all that much different of an experience from my side, you know, because I think we always look to find sort of the truth or believability in our images. And it's the same thing when you work with actors, I think, or trying to find a moment, you know, how it feels very similar to me. You know, as long as you believe it, as long as I believe it, you know, if, what, if I look through the camera, if I just, sometimes just listening, then, then somehow we're doing the right thing. That's very well put. That being said, I have worked with directors at times who are so uh, sort of focused on the look that sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. you don't see the forest for the trees and they're sort of missing well, we got to get the moments, and we got to make the scene, and the beats have to work. Like, yeah, that's going to look cool, but we yeah. also have to fill it with uh, something believable. And no, it's true, and it's like, it, sometimes it's just the actors are just another piece of the set. Right. When it does, when it's not working. So you, the idea that you can actually you do speak to the actors, so you do understand the journey and the objectives of the scene, and that's part of the thing that you're trying to encapsulate in your visual work too, that it's all of one. Because I think for a lot of people, maybe not everybody who's listening knows exactly what a DP does. Yeah, we, um, and by the way, Michael Wojciechowski, who's usually our camera operator and shoots double updates, was the director of photography for, for this episode. And so for, for you guys who don't know what that is, is a double update means that we have two different shows that we're shooting at the same time. So we have two different units, meaning two different full production units shooting different scenes. So we might have be shooting on one day a scene from the episode that you just saw 
and we'd be shooting an episode from next week's episode. Exactly. He, the camera operator, sometimes is the direct is the director of photography. Yeah, Michael steps up, and we also have Steve Frakel, who's another operator, who's DP'd some of the scenes, and Andy Lemon, who's my digital technician, who also DP'd some of the scenes. So everybody gets a little bit of shot at it. Um, a director of photography in general is responsible for. I always thought it's improving the director's vision, but I think in television it changes a little bit because the mm -hmm. the vision has been set you know, by the showrunner, by mm -hmm. the pilot, mm -hmm. and where we're going with this. So now we have to maintain that vision and keep cameras moving and keep a style that stays the same throughout the season and allow directors to come in and, and move the actors or the chess pieces within what we do. And of course, we always have to try to stay on time and be organized and move it ahead, you know, but it's a lot of that. And it's the collaborative effort of working how well you guys work with our line producer, Mary Howard, who is in charge of the clock to a large yeah. degree. And, you know, with, with the actors and with the rest of the crew. So it's time is always a facet in terms of what we're doing because we have schedules to make because, unfortunately, there's a limited amount of money that we can spend because we all need to get paid. So that's part of it as well. And I think we're all, I mean, we have, we're very fortunate to have such a good team together and yeah. with cast and, and, and crew that it's, it's trying to get the environment on the set positive too. You Should know, we you list the actors who are a problem? <laughs> uh. <laughs> so let's be honest, some people like me, my acting is not that good, but I'm quick. I'm going to know my lines. I'm going to show up on time. You know, you, you're, you're definitely punctual. Right. You're never tardy. Right. Let's be honest. The best thing about my acting is my memorization <laughs> and my arriving on time. Also, but you'd I, be amazed how far you can go I, with I'm just, just that. I'm going to tell the podcast audience who I know are dying to know what you're wearing because the last mm. time you showed up, you showed up in a white Panama hat and footsie pajamas. Yeah, I'm a little bit which, disappointed. Which I feel was like I, pretty dropped. impressive because as we did last season, we're trying to establish that this season we used to always say what people are wearing. Mm -hmm. But today, um, Joshua is wearing some makeup. <clears throat> yes. And a beautiful suit, which looks like it was provided for you in your role of David Rosen. A Hugo Boss, who interestingly, in addition to being a wonderful designer, was a member of the Nazi party and provided, I believe, uniforms. the SS with their uniforms. Yes. No but offense that was, to Oliver. But that, was, sure. but that was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago, and we've forgiven them, and now I play, I'm playing ago. David Rosen wearing a Hugo Boss suit. So in many ways, Can I tell you something? The That's wounds a kumbaya of the moment, if I've ever heard it. Healed. Do you drive a Volkswagen in this part, too? <laughs> I hope this makes it to the actual podcast. You May, it, might, it might or might not. You never really know. And Oliver, just for the record, is wearing a lovely pair of blue pants, which are sort of like blue khakis. Um, some very good sneakers that say oh. Gur. No, they I mean, say, sorry, no. socks. Say, oh. My sneakers say Gladiators. Get out of here. Oh, my God. He's wearing Gladiator sneakers. Did you order those? I special did order somewhere? them. Special order. And his socks. So, and my socks say Gur. Say Gur with an exclamation point. They're from and the Rolling Stones. and Because that's sort of Stones. what I said when I... Didn't know what else to say with directing. I was kind of girl. You did? Yeah, I was like, girl. <laughs> that's so, that, that's um, lively. Oh, and I wear, uh, because I told me I have to dress up for you. Oh, see, see, you tell my God, see? I put on for the crew the nice. Scandal 728. These are my electrician's crew. He's wearing Gladiator his crew shirt, which is a black shirt with white print. Represent. Underneath a very saucy pink shirt with some blue stripes. Thank you. I am wearing a meter made outfit. No, just you look because, lovely. Just because I, like I can. Now, you, how do you feel about the changing dynamic between David and Abby? Because I know you guys have an amazingly phenomenal relationship. I say enough already. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done emotionally. You're just... I'm sapped. I think you kind of, you sort of hit a wall in this episode a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I think I, Joshua Molina, cannot forgive the character Abby for uh, she's done horrible things to me. Basically, everyone has. Who hasn't mistreated David Rosen? Well, but you know, she is high <laughs> among them, having 
stolen the Citron card from me before I re-stole it back from her. Or is it really stealing, taking back what's been stolen from you? I think not. <laughs> O.J. Simpson, to the contrary. Yeah, there, 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 there's that. <laughs> Apparently it is. There, there's uh, that. Uh -huh. So what am I trying to say? Ah, so yes, I, Josh Molina, I cannot forgive her for stealing and lying to me to my face. David, however, is more on the fence, and so they're, they're a little back and forth, and their story is clearly not over. No, their story is definitely not over, and I'm going to say their their dynamic and the chemistry between you guys is actually super fun to watch. And I'm always arguing for more shower scenes, as you know. It's one of the requests that I put in on a regular basis: is why don't we see David Rose in the shower more? I think we're due for a shower scene pretty shortly. You know, I do shower every day before I come to work, and I feel like that should be enough. I just feel <laughs> I like I shouldn't have to prove it to you. I think why? America needs another hose down. Why? You know, I just I do. think America has spoken, and they'd rather not see me shower. <laughs> but we'll we'll see. We'll should see. I be called upon to shower? I will. Okay, Twitter, Twitter fans unite. There, there might be. <laughs> yeah, is, weigh in. Is, there a, is, is it a pain in the butt to shoot a shower scene? How does that go? Does it matter? Do you get splashed? How does that work? We don't get splashed. Okay, good. But um, it's no I splashing think, at the camera. I think the hardest part is, is the network requirements of not showing anything. Yeah, there, there's that. For you guys who um, aren't necessarily aware, there's a lovely group of people, of very hardworking individuals, who are called broadcast standards and practices. And they have the very challenging job of making sure that the shows that we show on our fine television programming scandal is not too violent and not too sexually oriented. As you guys know from watching the fine television program scandal, there actually is a fair amount of sex and a fair amount of violence on the show. So I think there's a, somebody probably with an ulcer working for them, but they do manage to get some points across, a lot of which involve not showing anything in showers. Yeah, we are, um, usually have to cover things up a lot. They um, have an interesting product that I believe uh, is called breast pedals, which <laughs> usually women true. wear. This is true. Uh, that cover the nipples, if I may say nipples. Now I've you said can. it twice. You can I'm going to throw in it. a third. Nipples. They cover said part of the body. They're like band-aids that cover they that part of your body. Right. They do. And it turns out, though designed for a woman, they are strong enough for a man. Because I did wear them for a take or two uh, in the shower scene and before they made me rip them off. But if you do it quickly, it doesn't hurt that much. That's and that is all. That's me for breast pedals. That's, that's, can I tell you something? I'm hoping that we all get big boxes now I'm hoping, in the mail. It seems to me. Breast pedals? It's a huge, You're amazing. huge product shout out. gigantic. I yeah. think our customers Please. probably are Send Psyched. me a gross. Um, but yeah. it is a, it's, a, it's an issue, right? One day we had, I forgot which episode it was, but there was a shadow on the backside of a picture on our hall, on a wall of yep. fame. And it was literally just a shadow, an outline of a piece of dirt on the glass, and it was mistaken to be a nipple. Uh. Yes. We can't and even have art nipples? No, there's no art nipples. And also I have had, you know, we've had long debates staring in the editing room at, for some reason, where one's buttocks begins is sometimes questionable because sometimes that's a shadow. That's not where mine ends, I can't figure out. <laughs> well, see, and I think I probably that's something we should take, in, take into consideration probably. if we are going to do another shower yes. scene. Maybe we need a very long shower. One big butt pedal. Very long glass, exactly, and a gigantic butt pedal, which we're hoping is the new product yes. line, which should be coming out, which would be awesome. We've put extra steam in in post. And shadows don't seem to be enough. You know, it's not that I, for a while I thought it's, oh, I just don't light it and we let it be in the dark, but there's still imagination. Oh, the imagination's worse goes sometimes, places, yeah. yeah. Or better, depending on if you're watching or if you're that poor person at three in the morning who's trying to see if that's actually a shadow or, I don't know, a petal. <laughs> Might be a petal. You know what, I'm just I'll talk about Abby. I thought it was so sweet in this episode that after you lost 
yet another case. Yes. She comes, she goes out of her way and comes to your house to consolidate it. So there is yeah. something that is really nice between There's your characters. There's something still there. You know? God bless them. There's still uh, there still spark is there. There still is, and that I do. I love that scene that she shows him. She's waiting right outside the yeah. door. Nice wallpaper, by the way. I like it's that nice choice. Yeah, I did that. That's really so good. I just hope the series runs long enough for us to see David win a case. We're all um, we're all we're hoping, hoping. We're all hoping <laughs> that season David eight, wins a case. Season nine. Because the, the interesting thing is, you know that David's an amazing lawyer, but somehow or another, he I never know, really gets to sure test his chops. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one thing. It's like, oh, whoops, forgot about that. Do you think that um, got me there. you're going to get to go toe-to-toe to Cyrus again? Because that was really fun. You, I would you, like to. You, you took Cyrus down, kind of, in did. your way. I did. I like going toe-to-toe. I enjoy working with Jeff, which is a rarity for me. Enjoying working with him or working with him? No, which, okay, actually working checking. with him. I enjoy it every time great, I have the opportunity. Great, great. He and I are many ways antithetical in our approach. Mine is just do whatever's he written. You work naked. <laughs> His is like, why am I opening the door? And it's like, well, because that's how I enter. I get in through the door. <laughs> he questions everything. He's got, everything's got to feel like, you know, it's a lot like I remember working with Richard Schiff on the West Wing. I'm like, if it says I'm in a chicken suit, I'm not going to ask why. I'm going to go. I'm a and 42 that's, regular. By the way, why we love Josh Molina. <laughs> that's why I'm so easy to work with. did a poop transplant again, on Grey's Anatomy. Again, I'm not half the actor that Jeff Perry is. But I'm easy. I don't ask any questions. Chicken suit? All right. Jeff, food to be 45-minute question about what the hell is... This so is what's great about the actors actually on the show is everybody does have a different style, but they all mesh incredibly well. And their styles kind of come out in their characters. Yeah. It's fun to get together and play with different combinations of people that you haven't necessarily gotten to work with. Tony and I haven't done much yet. Oh, I'm waiting I for that. I stood behind him while he gave me my uh, extorted job as <laughs> U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. But, but by the way, the fact it's extorted didn't make it any less deserved. No. You went through a lot of no. stuff, some shizzle Many last season. Many U.S. attorneys of the District of Columbia have never won a case. <laughs> Lots of people rise to that lofty position without really ever winning a case. But I suspect a lot of them don't have that sharp Hugo Boss suit that you're that is they're true. tailored in at the moment. Nor do they have a proof positive of a rigged national <laughs> There's election, probably. Which I think really helped me finally get the job. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, that helps. Do you have um, favorite things about the episode just off the top of your head? Was there something when you read the script that popped out at you that you thought was just... I, d I did like all the characters' arcs. I like Huck and Quinn's relationship a lot oh, in the yeah. episode. Also, Jake and Huck I thought were really yeah. great. That scene in the garage where it's the first time they sort of are coming to terms with the fact that they may be on the same side or not. Yeah, that was interesting because I think in, the, in an early script, they, um, I think it said that Jake was trying to reach for Huck from behind and Huck was going to throw him on the wall and Shonda and I were both looking at each other and saying, you know, if, that's, if this was going to happen, Huck would have him killed in like a heartbeat. You know, you have two super spies meeting at each other, so it can't be physical contact. You know, they're all both no, that's, too strong. That's, that's a last solution situation, you know, where you're literally, there's, that, that would be to the death. One person touches the other one, it's over. It's over. So here it was, just became the, the, the standoff, the high noon standoff, and that, that worked out well, I think, yeah. Yeah, I thought it worked really, really well. I feel for Huck, though, man. The stuff that he's finding out and all, um, when you realize what happened with the guy that he killed and the, as he's getting into this entire investigation and just that overwhelming feeling that Rowan really does control everything. I have to say, you leave this episode just thinking, I think he controls me and when I get up in the morning what I eat for breakfast and I don't, I'm not a character on the show, but I'm starting to believe that somewhere, someplace, somewhere in my house, Rowan is making me do things like not walk the dog and yell it at my husband. Cool. They were out. able to add another like crazy alpha character like I know, that right? to a show that's already got Just a like few 
It's a like, few monsters. Exactly. It's like the giant behemoth versus Mothra. It's like yeah. kind of a crazy... Yeah. Joe has stepped up in a very great way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's amazing. And I like the triangle a lot of Tony, um, Jake, and Olivia at the end. You know, I like yeah. how, how they're sitting, on, Olivia and Jake are on the couch, and Tony's in the car on the phone, and I like where we are kind of leaving it off. I really like what Olivia and Jake are, how they're together at this moment. No, and that Jake is really... Jake's really trying to get to the bottom of things. Like his whole, the sense of who Jake is has changed so much from last season where he was mystery and trouble and now you really feel like he's got something to prove. But by the way, if someone put me in the hole for a while, not sure I wouldn't be a little bitter. I still wonder Tiny whether he's going to end up with Felicity. But that's just because that's just I'm a big you Scott Foley fan from that way could back. Be, that could be a very special episode. Yeah, that would be a great reveal to find out that he's actually Noel from Felicity. Now, as always, what's really great about these podcasts is that there are, our very fabulous Twitter audience asks questions Yay. of you guys. So we have some excellent, excellent questions here. Um, firstly, from Aubrey Zimmer Moon at Obzim. Um, I think you're going to love this question, Joshua. Yes. Will we see more David Rosen in upcoming episodes? Hashtag more David. Ah, yes, a hashtag that I myself have uh, created. You and have, which is why I bring it up. God yes. bless the fans for backing me. Now, I don't really know. Um, yeah, <laughs> the truth is, I really just need to be in the episode. It's really a joke when I say more David. I like to stir things up. I have no complaints about the amount of material I've been given. But nonetheless, I would like the fans to constantly ask for more me. I think sometimes it's good to be leaving people wanting more, too. Which yes. you're definitely in that situation I right now. I generally, personally, leave people wanting a little bit less. <laughs> so maybe it's <laughs> so an excellent lesson Shonda for Josh Molina. has picked up on that. And, yeah. just and she's realizing that it's so, uh, it's so powerful that just a tiny little bit of me really goes a long way. Well, I think we also got an, an amazing dose of you during the recap show, mm. which you did an amazing job That's at. That's true. Also, to answer in a serious way, even though I've started writing this whole thing, it's a big ensemble show, and the ball gets passed around, and storylines come and go, and ebb and flow, and so there are times, in last year, I had a huge amount of focus on a big plot story, and so that's, you know, it's going to come and go, and I'm always very happy with whatever I have to do. That's the tour. That, that's the, that's a tour. That's a tour. I don't usually answer that's sincerely, super, super but you caught me off guard. Okay, that we, apparently the, the diet soda has gone to your head and yes. you actually were truthful. I am trying to slim down just in case there is another shower scene. And as I've said to you guys many times, what's really, really fun about the show is at least once an episode, someone usually has to take their shirt off. So the juice goes around, the juice fasting, because That's everybody true. loses weight before they have to do their shower scene. Yes. Slash Twice I've gone on a 45-minute juice fast. <laughs> and can I say you looked marvelous? <laughs> Thank you. You're very kind. Like, unbelievably yes. marvelous. I've, also, I've lost over a pound over the course of three seasons. That's very so impressive. Very, I was, they say to do it slowly, so it really stays off. Um, Marianka Swain, ah, M.K. Swain, sure. says, Is David's flashback goatee going to get a spinoff series? Is that flashback or flashback? David's, oh, flashback. David's pedal goatee. Yes. Yeah. That was, first of all, it was real. No, uh, I don't want to blame that on anyone. <laughs> Nobody that was created really that your foul goatee. thing. That was really my goatee. Again, I hadn't had so much to do between two episodes. <laughs> you were able to grow a goatee. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to grow it. Yeah. I'm that's remarkably. How we, that's how we used to keep our budgets down. We actually schedule you so you can grow your own facial hair. So we don't I have can to build grow, facial hair I can for grow you. full beard in a day and a half. For I am actually David Testosterosen. <laughs> <laughs> and I have so much of it coursing through me that really, just on command, I can grow a beard. So I think maybe we don't need a spin-off That series. being said, a cursory glimpse at 
goatee-related tweets would suggest that most people did not find it appealing. <laughs> but I do, I mean, I think that's one of the beautiful things about our show is those flashback episodes are just right? great. It's just amazing. It's so much fun for all of us to be doing them. They are it's, fun to it's do. It's really it's fun to see, A, what the personalities were like at that point. The look, too. I mean, obviously, everybody's look is so different in those flashbacks. But people really changed. I mean, that's what's when you look at Olivia in those scenes getting on and off the train. And you see the relationship with her father. And you see this sort of girl who has this hope and promise and is in a totally different headspace. And Huck, well, we know where Huck has been and how rough that is. And clearly, David, due to his goatee, was a much... <laughs> friskier, more bohemian type. <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of the characters are like superheroes, particularly Olivia and, I guess, Huck. And so to me, the flashbacks are like origin, origin stories. stories uh, it, yeah. it really is. You get a little, oh, that's why she's like that. Uh, we, I love that we saw, we saw Rowan teaching his daughter about wine. Right. I'm hoping we'll see a further one where he teaches her about gourmet popcorn. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> oh, be great. That's why she Episode seven or eight. It's exactly, like, yeah. And we actually have um, at least one more flashback sort of based episode coming up soon, mm -hmm. which I think is going to give a lot of insight on some other people that we haven't really seen in the past as much, which is going to be incredible to watch. And I know watching that, you know, that coming up, that was, it's, you get amazing amounts of insight into who these people are and what their context is. And it must be just really fun to shoot. And you've had that situation working on the show, especially with like Happy Birthday, Mr. President, where you're really going back and forth incredibly quickly from one reality to another, which is so much fun for us to watch. It must be really fun to shoot. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we, we, it's just fun sitting in the, in the read-through and, 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 and finding out about our characters. You know, shooting it, it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been something to weigh off always because so oftentimes we only go back about a year, two years or something like that. So we, we've always been wondering, you know, how much, how different do I make it? You know, it used to be really easy, I think, the first season with some of the flashbacks that go back to, you know, the campaign. Because there it was, okay, let's just, every time we go to a flashback, we make it red, white, and blue because mm -hmm, it's a campaign mm -hmm, trail. Mm -hmm. You know, because we originally thought, you know, no, I don't want to make it black and white. I don't want to make it this. I don't want to make it that. So we just find something subtle. So that was how we started it. But then you keep writing flashbacks and it gets, you know, I can't put red, white, and blue in everything. So I'm chasing my tail a little bit by trying to, you know, stay above water. But it's the help. it helps me that there's, you know, Olivia wears bangs. You yeah, know, yeah. always trying to have something to hold on and not hit us over the head, you know. It's always writing that fine line where you don't want to be pulled out of the story and you don't want to have to second guess it too much. Well, and there's also in the past the treatment of the film's been a little bit different. Sometimes there's a slight sepia tone or sometimes it's like you, you change the color. We desaturate it a little bit. We take a little color out or we live, let one color live a little, little stronger than something else. So I don't think we have one particular You've look or style it. that goes throughout the whole thing. But Depending on the year and depending what you're doing. Yeah, exactly, and how it fits in with the other episodes. If if you look at 752, that's got a way different palette to me than the flashbacks of the trail. It's just, it's another way that Oliver and his team do this thing which really helps you jump time in these little ways that you might not notice immediately. You see the costumes and you see the hairdos, but there are these other subtle ways of filming that actually make you realize that you're not in present day, which without us saying every five seconds, not in present day with a Chiron, not in present day, which is amazing and makes it a lot more fun to watch, I think, too. Good. Yeah, we've always tried to stay away from, you know, chewing things for the audience. With a camera, sometimes we just peek in on the room, you know, from behind the door, or closed doors. Or, so we don't see everything, you know, but it's always we, you want to see more because of that. Well, and so much about the original style, I remember talking conceptually about the show when we first started working on it, was the idea of nothing is ever fully revealed, that it's nothing is ever super clear. You never 
absolutely sure what somebody's motive is. You're never absolutely certain why somebody's doing what they're doing. You don't ever get a full picture. And a lot of what's really interesting to watch the show is when you're watching and there's a lot of, there are a lot of things in the foreground where we're moving a lot. It might be a moment where you maybe you shouldn't be trusting that person. It's just a little tip. Maybe you should, you don't know. The other thing people talk about a lot is the glass. And how do you do the glass? Paul McGuigan, our pilot director, brought up the idea originally. And it's basically we have these little four by eight or four by 12 pieces of plexiglass that are beveled. And we put them very close to our lens. And when successful, we don't really know what they do to us. So we get uh, reflections, refractions, we get mirror effects, we get out of focus moments. And we just keep sliding our camera back left and right behind them. It's really hard to explain to, to new director who's coming in new because they say, okay, what do you do with this glass? And I said, I still don't know what it does. You know, it's still, but it does something that I can't explain. And it, it's, it's just a little bit that. I want to see a little bit more of that. Sometimes you get a reflection or you see the character appears twice. So it's, you know, so he's double-headed. Is he, can you trust him? Can you not trust him? It's all these subconscious moments that, that get created that I wouldn't know how to or when to utilize. It's a little bit, it's a lot of coincidence and chance and, and mystery to it. And we have, you know, just brilliant editors on the show who, who, who find and pick, you know, it's, it's Matt and Greg and Crystal, and they just find and pick those little moments that are special and, mm -hmm. and they, they put them in there and confuse us a little bit more, you know? It does kind of put you on edge, I think, when you watch it. The really hardcore fans are getting uh, beveled eyeglasses so the, just the <laughs> world looks like an episode You know, that's super, on. that's a great idea. Why did I say it? I think I'm going to sell those. I think you should. Hopefully we'll cut around this. You, I'm going to sell those. You need to sell those because <laughs> yes, I think that that's, that. that's an awesome mm -hmm. idea. I also um, was thinking, turkey, just quickly in flashbacks, I'm just pitching a Scandal Babies episode. Like the Muppets <laughs> did it and it was very <laughs> successful. I think Scandal Babies could be good. I wear the white diaper. I actually, I actually think that's a genius idea. Okay, I well, think just let me know. Let me know when that script is coming. Trelisa Trent at Trelisa Ann sure. um, wants to know, uh, Josh, and this can be for both of you actually, what are you passionate about outside of acting? That's a serious question, so I'm gonna give it a sincere answer. My family, I'm really, I'm a super duper He does guy. really, really, I'm, really, I'm gonna tell I'm, you he likes his family. I really like my wife and kids. And so it's kind of a dull answer, but the honest answer is that's what most of my time and energy outside of work goes to. Like, I'm at the soccer games and the cello concerts, spending time it with It seems my to me most of your time outside of work goes to tweeting. Josh, I also actually. like tweeting and poker. Tweeting, pro Tweeting poker and my family. They're about the family. same. They're, they're, about, about equal. they're all on yeah. the same level, exactly. right? Exactly. Third, a third, a third. And what about you, Oliver? I think it's a family, too. We spend so much time at work, and, and Josh has the luxury of coming in every so often and putting usually on being on nice time, suit. putting yeah. on a nice <laughs> suit. What you're trying to say is you actually work for a living, and I um, acknowledge that. You know, most of us on the crew are literally there for, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, and yeah. we don't have that much time to spend with our family, so that little time that we get is really quite wonderful, and we all try to make the best of it. Christina at Inside of Us wants to know, best advice you've ever received in life? Mine would be, don't go into acting. Uh, I <laughs> didn't, didn't follow it. Advice. I did not follow it, but in retrospect, uh, certainly the wisest thing that anyone has ever said to me. I was told, don't go into camera. Was that true? Really? Yeah. By whom? By another cameraman who told me this was his 40th birthday party. He took me over and he says, you know, you know the golden rule. He who makes the gold makes the rules. So, huh, don't. You know, <laughs> don't go into camera work. So I think what we're taking from this is the best advice we've ever received is the anti-advice that we didn't take. And by not taking the best advice, the best advice was not to take the 
Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna slow that down and listen to it back, and I'm gonna call you and let you know whether I agree. You know, it's gonna probably say Paul is dead when you slow it up and you go <laughs> around exactly yeah. all backwards. It's gonna be screwy. Well, in the end, also, it's only in this business. It really is people who get told, "Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it," and then do well, it anyway. Do it. Are the type of people that have the sort of drive against all odds and against all advice it's to true. still pursue that thing because you have that sort of burning that, desire. That's so. that's that, that's well put. Most of us actually to end up here despite many people telling us that this is a very, very foolish thing to do. And we have a really, really good time, and it's fun to do for the most part, except, That's of course, true. the podcast, which I thoroughly sort of, enjoy this. Sort of torturous this in some ways. Time for me to wrap up. Thank you guys so much for doing this. this um, thank you, Oliver, for taking time out of your busy day and actually thank probably you. spending your lunch no talking, way. which is awesome. And Joshua, as always, it's lovely to see you. Wait a minute. You. I still get lunch, right? <laughs> We're going to be back next week with another phenomenal scandal podcast. It'll be me and Oliver again, right? And we're hoping, because this is actually so much fun for me, and I have learned some stuff, too. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about episode 305, which is the fabulous title, More Cattle, Less Bull, which mm. is one of my favorite titles. The titling of these shows are phenomenal. And I'm hoping you guys will join me with another special guest next week. It was great spending time with you. Please don't forget to watch Scandal, 10 o'clock, Thursday nights, ABC. And if you have the time, you might want to check out that medical show, Grey's Anatomy, also awesome, 9 o'clock ABC Thursday nights. I'm Betsy Beers. This is Scandal Revealed, the official Scandal podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.